Here's row one, seat one. Well, this is nice. When did we start doing this? Nobody told me about this. I thought everything sucked now. Do you have a car? You got COVID? It's over. COVID said, oh, I see you having a good season. It'd be a shame if I... I knocked over the microphone for those listening and not watching the video. Like, I think Sean could pull off the hair. I think he could definitely pull off the yeah, hair. Not the color. But not the color or the thickness. Maybe the thickness. All of Cam's passes from this past game at Buffalo, nothing was was further than 20 yards on the field. Everything was 19 yards and below. Why? What? I've never shot heroin before, but I can probably figure it out. <laughs> I've seen the people that do, and they're not that bright. Walk, walk. Walk, walk. Oh, my goodness gracious, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining me here tonight. Another episode of Row One Seat One. I am your host, Joey Fats. With me, as always, Joey Fats. I will be taking you uh, on a ride here for the next hour or so, all the way back through week number one in the National Football League. And what a week it was. We've got a ton to get into tonight. Uh, We are getting down and dirty. We will be all in on the Saints crushing the Green Bay Packers. We'll be all in on the Arizona Cardinals dismantling the Tennessee Titans. We'll be all in on your New England Patriots coming up one point short in the battle of the Alabama quarterbacks. Tua gets this one, but does it really matter? I don't think so. I tend to think we are going to see a lot more of Mac Jones in the future than we are going to uh, see of Tua, or at least in the postseason, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. We'll get into Teddy Two Gloves. In Denver, and uh, Denver helping me uh, make good on some bets this past week, uh, which I knew Denver was going to win. I didn't want. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not happy with the game and the uh, and the the way it turned out. Despite the win, which is the first time Denver's won in September in like three years, uh, so you would you would assume I'd be thrilled with that, but I'm not, and we'll get into why uh, as the show progresses. But. Uh, we will be looking forward to your phone calls. I'll be looking forward to hearing from you guys. It's going to be a very, very caller-driven show tonight, 774-992-8702. We've got some audio and video coming up for you as well. We've got some audio and video from last night's Monday night game with the Raiders and the Ravens, which turned out, I mean, listen, if Monday night football can be like that every single week uh, for the rest of the year, sign me the fuck up. Sign me up right now. I will be all over that. Uh, if every game is that good, I don't care who wins or loses as long as I'm entertained. That is all that matters. We will get into the Jaguars. The rumors coming out about Urban Meyer potentially becoming uh, unhinged, which you know comes as a surprise to some people, but to others, to other of us, not so much. Uh, we'll get into all the details, your fantasy, my fantasy teams. Even though nobody cares about our fantasy teams, uh, we'll get into a little bit of the COVID regulations. The Saints all of a sudden got, you know, eight people popping positive. Uh, Will that affect the Packers next week? We don't know. Does it matter? Should it matter? I want to hear from you guys. 774-992-8702. I've got the audio-only link pinned in the uh, original post here. Uh, on the one, the only, the new Bedford Guide. You can check that out, www.mixler, M-I-X-L-R.com, uh, backslash Joey-Fats. 
that's where you can get the audio only if you don't want to listen to. Uh, just simply the, uh, if you don't want to tie up your phone with Facebook and have to uh, keep the Facebook Live video open, you can listen to the show live right there. It'll also be posted up on Spotify once we're finished. Uh, usually within about uh, an hour of the show wrapping up, you can get it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon, you know, wherever you find your podcasts, it's there. Uh, so let's let's dive right into it, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, there was a lot to do last week. All right. Um, my picks were not great. I think I went. Uh, I think I won nine, nine games all, all in all. Uh, let me double check here for you real quick. Uh, yeah, uh, no, eight and eight. I ended up going eight and eight. Oh, it was right because I actually I took the uh, I took the Ravens last night. Oops, oops. What what, what can you do? Uh, but let's drop it back five days. Let's go back to Thursday. Bucks Cowboys. I know we got a ton of uh, Bucks fans. Uh, in the house, as well as a assload of cowboy fans, uh, let's just call this what this is, right? Um, the Bucks are in trouble. The Bucks are in trouble, ladies and gentlemen. They are not going to repeat as Super Bowl champions. You're you're hearing that right now, first week of the season. The Bucks are not going to repeat as Super Bowl champions. Uh, the reasons. It's not Tom Brady. It's not the offense. That They're going to be fine. They're going to do what they do. The defense is not what it was a year ago. The secondary is simply too thin. They lost, uh, was a Murphy bunting uh, with a dislocated elbow for an undisclosed period of time, probably at least half of the season, if not more. That is not a great defense right now. Vita Vey, great player. Shaq Barrett, great player. Do they have good players? Absolutely. What I saw out of them on Thursday night, and yes, I'm going to 100% overreact to this right now. I don't believe the Tampa Bay Bucks will be repeat champions. It hasn't been done since 2003, 2004, first of all. So it's extremely difficult to do no matter how good you are. And on top of that, I just didn't see what I thought I was going to see out of the Bucks. On Thursday night, I thought I was going to see a comfortable, you know, 10 to 17 point win for the Bucks. You know, kind of like one of those games where it's it's close through three quarters. The Cowboys are in it. You know, they're there, but they're they're constantly trying to like, you know, they're constantly behind the eight ball because Brady's so good. The Bucks offense is so efficient. The defense is just stifling. That wasn't the case. Dak Prescott had his way with that Tampa Bay defense. Now, this is Dak Prescott, who hasn't played a meaningful game in, what, 48, 47 weeks since he he got tore up last year. Now, don't get me wrong, and we'll talk about the Cowboys in a second, but I did say the Cowboys' offense is going to be elite this year. And when I said elite, I mean elite. That is an elite offense with ta- uh, talent-wise. But there was something about that Bucks defense. There was something about the way that game played out. And again, I know I'm overreacting. It's week one, but that's what we do here. We're going to overreact. We're going to knee jerk. I just, I'm telling you right now, I, I would bet the farm the Bucks don't repeat. Will they be in the conversation? Absolutely. I think the NFC is extremely top heavy. I think it's, it's going to take a minute for the NFC to balance out and find out who the real players are. But when you look around and you look at the teams in the NFC, 
it's really hard to imagine after what we saw in week one, the Bucks being that team. Now, could they get to an NFC championship? Possibly. I, I think they could. I think it's it's probably, I'd say, a 50-50 shot there in that game because they're going to be one of the top two seeds. Although, unless they're the one seed this year, I guess that really doesn't matter. Uh, but the Rams looked fantastic. You know, the Seahawks looked like the Seahawks that we've, we've, we've always thought the Seahawks were. The Cardinals, the Cardinals of all, of, all, of all teams, played out of their goddamn minds. There's going to be a lot of teams. I think the, the NFC is going to be very top-heavy in terms of elite teams. But, man, when you get in the middle of that pack, the middle of that scrum, that, like, that like third-best team down to, like, the ninth-best team, I think you're going to see some teams. I mean, look at like you know teams like Washington, Minnesota. You know teams that didn't have great week ones, but still you have to look at down the road and you say like, damn, they're they're probably going to be there. I just don't see it from the Bucks. I really don't. Uh, I I think it's going to be a long, drawn out season. I think the Bucks are going to have some some ups and downs, a lot like they did last year in the regular season. But to capture that lightning in a bottle. And go back and, and, and win it all. Like, if you think Tom Brady's thrown three interceptions in an NFC playoff game for a second straight year and they're going to win it, you're out of your mind. It's not happening. And Brady's been good for that in his career. I mean, we went through it. I think there was like, what, three or four, maybe five playoff games where Brady's thrown three-plus interceptions. And they've won, like, three of them. Like, I think there's actually, what was it, one, two, I think there's three championship games Brady's thrown three inter- three plus interceptions in. Uh, it, it's it was uh, like 2007, 07, 06, 07. Was it 06, 07? He threw three interceptions against the Chargers back to back years. Uh, won both. 2015, he threw three in Denver. Granted, one doesn't go on the stat uh, stat sheet because it was uh, a two point conversion. And then last year, he threw three in Green Bay. Listen, I'm just saying. It's not going to be because of Brady. Brady's not going to be the problem here unless he's unable to play, and then in which case, yeah, okay, you know, that's, that's a problem. But Brady's best quality uh, as, a, as a starting quarterback the last, what, 10, 20, 20 plus years uh, has been his availability. So to bet against him not being, uh, to bet on him not being there would be a fool's bet, but, you know, it, it's possible. Anything's possible. But when I look at that game on Thursday night, the Bucks defense just didn't strike me the way that they... They didn't strike me as the same unit uh, that they were back in February when they played the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs were injury-riddled. They had no, basically no offensive line. Mahomes had a busted toe. Uh, even though he was you know, throwing touchdowns off the face masks, well, should be touchdowns off the face masks of receivers uh, you know, while laying parallel to the ground... Didn't really matter. The Bucks defense came and balled out. Now, one guy that did ball out for the for the Bucks on Thursday night was Vita Vey. I mean, this man just Jesus. What a majestic human being. Dominant. A force to be reckoned with. Just an absolute juggernaut in the middle. There was nothing that the Cowboys could do. And that offensive line for the first time in what three years is healthy. That's a good offensive line, and Vita Vey dominated it. Zeke Elliott was nowhere to be found. 
that was all Dak Prescott. And for the Bucks, I mean, that was that was the that was the highlight of the night defensively. If you ask me, it was Vita Vey. And you watch what he was able to do on the interior of that defensive line. It was special. It was very special. Um, that being said, I don't know that that's going to be – that's not going to happen every single week. That's not going to happen every night. We got week two coming up. We'll see how the Bucks fare. But they're going to be good. And, you know, they're going to be good. They're going to be good regular season team. There, there's no doubt about it. Anytime you have Tom Brady on your center, you're basically guaranteed 10-11 wins uh, at, at you know, in, at the end of the season. The question is going to be when they get to the playoffs. Are they going to be able to match up with the Rams? Are they going to be able to match up with the Cardinals? Are they going to be able to match up with the Seahawks? Or what about when the Packers eventually get it right? We'll get into them in a minute, but they're going to get it right. What if they have to have a rematch with the Cowboys? Or the Washington Redskins? I, I mean, these... There's a lot of good teams. I don't know who the elite teams in the NFC are right now. That will, you know, that that, that will make itself obvious as as the season progresses. I believe the Rams are the only, right now. I think the Rams are the most. They are the elite team in the NFC. And then I think you would probably look at the Bucks, and you would one would assume the Packers will will figure it out. But the Cardinals made a case. The Cowboys made a case. Seahawks made a case. You know, where are the, where's, where are the rest going to fall? What are the Niners going to do? I mean, this is all very, very, very intriguing storylines coming out of week number one. Now, excuse me. There's a lot to get into here. From a Dallas standpoint, you've got to be both extremely encouraged and yet livid at the same time. What do I mean by that? Well, you've got to be extremely encouraged because Dak Prescott balled out. Dak Prescott came in after basically missing the entire preseason, the majority of last year in a devastating leg injury, and came in and outplayed everybody. He did more than you could have possibly asked for. Dak moved the ball. CeeDee Lamb looked good. Amari Cooper was a monster. Dak delivered accurate, well-placed balls all night against what we assumed was one of the better defenses in the league. Now, I don't tend to subscribe to that, but if you're going to say that the Tampa Bay defense is elite or at least better than average then you've got to give Dak that equal amount of credit for tearing him up. Because what do you go on? He went off to the tune of like 400-plus, couple touchdowns. Omari and CD did their thing. Zeke was a non-factor in this game too, which again lends itself to how good Dak Prescott actually played because he didn't have a, a, rely, a reliable running game to, to fall back on. Zeke was just basically a decoy for four quarters. I mean, he, he did not have a great stat line. I think he had, like, what, like 20-something yards rushing? Like, maybe, like, 30 or 40 all-purpose yards with a couple screen passes or something along those lines, but it was not great. It was so bad, it was to the point where I had people coming up to me on, on Friday and being like, 
God damn, dude, like, thank God I didn't take Zeke number one overall in my in my fantasy draft. Now, again, it's one it's one game. It's all chill out, calm your tits, relax. Zeke will be fine. If you drafted Zeke, there is no reason to hit the panic button. You are not buying low on Zeke. Unless somebody wants to sell him low. If, if someone's selling low in your fantasy league on Zeke, you take it. You take Zeke and you take him right now. That man is going to put up numbers. He's going to have a spectacular season, I guarantee you, because that offensive line looked as good as it ever has. Vita Vey might have, uh, you know, had some other things to say. That being said, he was not – that. that is a good offensive line. And against, I would say, probably 28 of the 32 teams in the league, 27 of the 32 teams in the league, the Cowboys are going to have their way with him. I mean, it's just – it's they're, they're that good. So you've got to look at this in terms of being super encouraged from watching Dak Prescott go out there and absolutely tear it up. Again, with no, really no running game to rely on. All he did was have his, you know, he had his receivers, his tight ends. He, he did what, he did more than what you could have possibly had hoped for. Now you should be super pissed off on the same side, of the, on, the, on the flip side of the coin. You, you've got to be pissed. You've got to be upset. You've got to be disappointed a little bit because you had opportunities to win that game. Not only did they have the lead with a minute and 24 seconds left to go, but Greg Zerline, man, come on. Come on, man. You left seven points on the field. Two field goals and an extra point. You left that on the field. Granted, one was a 60-yarder. I really can't blame you for missing that one. But you got the doink on the extra point. Was I think it was the extra point. He doinked it off the upright. And then another one he just missed wide left. Uh, for a reg- for a, I think it was like a thirty-eight or thirty-nine-yard field goal. Man, that's seven points. That's a touchdown worth of points. We all like to sit here and joke and say kickers, you know, kickers aren't football players. Kickers aren't people. That might all be true, but kickers will win or lose you football games. And in this case, Greg Zerline lost the Cowboys the football game. I I mean, you can you can sit here and look and say, well, they had a lead, you know, with. A minute 24 to go, and the defense gave it up. Yes, that's true. Did the officials miss an intentional grounding pa- uh, intentional grounding on Brady on that final drive? Yes. Did they? Did uh, Chris Godwin get away with a tremendous push-off the very next play? Also, yes. Everybody knew it was a push-off. It should have been grounding. Why neither of those two things were called? Well, we all know why they weren't called, because... If that was uh, that was Blaine Gabbert under center, let's put it that way. If it was Blaine Gabbert, those would have been called. But it wasn't Blaine Gabbert. It was one Tom Brady. And when Tom Brady's under center, they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt nine out of ten times. Sorry, 11 out of ten times. Shit, they might even give him an extra down. I mean, he asked for it last year in Chicago. Almost got it, too. Had everybody scratching their head going, wait. Are we wrong, or or was or is Tom wrong? I, I wait. He's that's Tom Brady, and he's telling me I'm wrong. So uh, I'm gonna second guess myself here. Nope, no, no. You were right. Tom was wrong. It's okay. It's okay to be wrong once in a while. 
But you've got to be a little bit pissed off if you're a Cowboys fan because you had opportunities to win that game, multiple opportunities. You had, you had a, a great opportunity at the end of the game. You give the ball back to the Bucks with a minute 24 and we want timeout. You're thinking, okay, we're, we're, we, can, we can stop the Bucks. Like they're, they're going, it's four down territory. You can stop them. It's not like, the, it's not like they, they're, you know, the 98 Vikings or the, the, the 07 Patriots or the 2013 Broncos where you just know they're going down the field. No, there was, they, they, they were, they were, they looked pretty human at that point. Cowboys came up short. What else can you say? I mean, they came up just that short. Those extra seven points, though, that their kicker left on the field probably would have helped in that situation. Now, I know different results uh, or different circumstances lead to different results. Not to say that if, Zerline hits those three kicks, and the Cowboys are up, you know, 10 at that point. Brady doesn't lead them down and, and get a touchdown, and they get an onside kick or some crazy shit. You know, Brady does have that horseshoe permanently inserted uh, into his cloaca that, uh, for some reason, things just bounce his way. It is what it is. Uh, but it was one of those games where things bounced the Bucks way, and they were the they were the benefit they were the beneficiaries of it. And and listen, I picked the Bucks to win that game. I'm not surprised the Bucks won that game. I just expected the margin to be a little bit more comfortable. I expected it, I did not expect it to come down to a minute twenty four, one timeout, give Brady the ball, and he's going to go down and kick a field goal. I mean, which is what he does, right? Brady just gets bailed out by his kicker in every single big fucking spot he's ever been in forever, but whatever. Neither here nor there. Uh, but they got away with one. They got away with a push-off. They got away with an intentional grounding. Things that would have been called on, if you know, if it was Dak Prescott on that drive, those things would have been called, and that would have sealed the game for the Bucs. But nonetheless, congratulations, I guess, to uh, the Patriots South. Uh, you get your first win of the season against the Cowboys. 774-992-8702. That's the phone number. Give me a call. You want to talk you want to talk Bucks and uh, Cowboys? I got you. You want to talk Packers Saints? I got you. Patriots Dolphins? Got you. Broncos Giants? Got you. Name a game? I got you. All right, I watched most of everything on Sunday. I, I have gone back and watched a lot of the replays, highlights, everything else. Uh, there are some things that I did miss. I did miss a. Uh, I did not miss a lot of that uh, that Chiefs Browns game, which was phenomenal as well. Baker just folded, folded under pressure. Is Baker Mayfield ever going to be good? I mean, is he going to ever be the guy? I I starting to think no. Joey Fats Radio, row one, seat one. Hey, what's up, Joey? Pat, how's it going, bud? Not bud, not bad, man. Yourself? You know, just me flying solo here tonight. You hey. know, Paul, Paul, and Sean had some uh, had some things to take care of, and um, I got uh, I got left just me. You know, just just a fat guy in a okay. microphone and uh, talking okay. about some football. I mean, I got I got awesome. Va- I got Von Miller over my left shoulder here. My little, uh, yeah. you know, my 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 what was it? The, like the little wrestling buddy dolls back in the day, uh, you know. I got him. I got Peyton. I got Dijak sitting over my left shoulder too. So you know, I'm not alone, but uh, <laughs> I'm by myself. So, what's going on? How was your week one? 
Oh, I thought it was freaking fascinating. I mean, it sucks the Pats lost. Like, the question I had, as soon as I saw the scoring, kind of heard the commentary of how he has a history of bailing on people once he's mad at them. Uh, are you think Rodgers is going to, like, try to go 8-8 eight and eight or try to get, get out of there during the season? What was your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers after week one? So the Aaron Rodgers thing was, uh, man, that was funny. Uh, and not yeah. in, like, a ha-ha way, but, like, a wow kind of way. Yeah. Um, A-Rod played arguably the second – it was definitely at least the second worst game of his career. Wow. Uh, the worst game of his career I would have probably put 2015 in Denver – uh, at the Broncos when he threw for when the Broncos held him to 77 yards passing and no touchdowns. Yeah. Um, that was the only I think that was the worst that was the worst stat line he's ever had. Uh, and then I think Sunday was the second. Now do I think he did it on purpose? Whoa. That's a loaded question because yeah. I wouldn't put it past him. Well, you know, to make it be like, you know, to make him say like, "Oh, you know, hey, by the way, just so you know, this is what your future without me looks like. But at the same time, I I really would doubt that he would do it on purpose because Aaron Rodgers is that much of a competitor. Okay. Oof, okay. So to to suggest he did it on purpose would be a bit of a stretch, in my opinion. Okay. I don't think anybody goes out and tries to suck on purpose. Now, did he suck because he didn't take training camp seriously? He was busy hosting Jeopardy. He was playing <laughs> golf with Brady and... And Bryson, um, could it have been all that? Maybe. That could have had a lot to do with it. That being said, do I think uh, do I think that game defines the Packers season? Absolutely not. Okay. Okay, gotcha. I thought you were going to be like, yeah, people are on the phone to trade for him. Okay. I, I am, I, I am I, bummed. I, I, I took your advice. I overreacted to week one. Absolutely. That's that's what we're supposed to do, Pat. We overreact to week one. That's what we do. There is nothing else. If we don't overreact, how the hell are we supposed to do? What are we doing then? What are we really doing here? Um, I am bummed, though, because my my Packers undefeated season is, is up in smoke. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah the, first the, 0, the first 17 and 0 the first 17 and 0 team not going to happen. Week 1 yeah. out the gate just not going to happen. Damn. That was that's a bummer. Now if they go 16 and 1, I'll be really really pissed. Wow. Really pissed. Um, I don't do- I don't know. I mean, I, I agree with you with the Buccaneers. I think that's true that that's it's just for, no one ever goes back to back championships. Not anymore. It's very hard to do. I mean, even even Tom Brady as great as he has been when you think about it, the last time he went back-to-back was 15 years ago. Think yeah. about how good Tom Brady's been in the last 15 years, and he's never gone back-to-back. But he's gone to back-to-back Super Bowls, but never yeah. won them. As a matter of fact, he went three in a row. You know, when you want to uh, talk about Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, Philly, um, L.A., or, yeah, the Rams at that point. L.A., but... Uh, yeah, it's really hard to do. I, I just don't see the Bucks doing it all over again the way that they did it last year. It's, I said it on this show, Pat, a couple months ago during the offseason, and I said the Bucks weren't going to repeat a few months ago. And the reason for that being was because they didn't go outside the building and bring in any outside talent. 
Yeah, I just want the same guys back. Yeah, and it and in this league or in this sport, not even in the NFL, just in football in general. And my head coach told me this when I was playing at Bridgewater. Or he didn't just tell me, he told the team. He addressed the team. He said, if you are not getting better, you are getting worse. Yeah. You cannot stay the same. If you're staying the same, you're getting worse. You're actively yeah. unless you are actively getting better, you are getting worse. What could the Pat what could the Bucks possibly in a team of aging veterans infuse with some young talent? What could they possibly improve upon last year without bringing somebody in from the outside? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like do you really think JPP I mean, is that really going to be your answer at defensive end? Do you, re- you know, is Indomitian Sue really the guy that you're going to rely on outside of Vita Vey if Vita Vey can't play? Like, what happens if somebody gets hurt? We saw it with uh, with Murphy Bunting on, on Thursday night. They're razor thin in the secondary. Yeah. Who the hell, like, who's going to be out there to cover people for the Bucs? It's going to be, I mean, they could win some shootouts, and, they, you know, it's the regular season, so who cares, but... When you get to the playoffs and you get to January and the game slows down and you got to kind of grind some shit out. Yeah. I don't know if I trust that Bucks team. I mean, we'll see how the season goes. I mean, we got a long way to go. We got 16 weeks to go, Pat. 16 of them. We got a whole season's worth left still. We got one game in. It was like a bonus preseason game. It was a preseason yeah. game that counted. And now the games really start. Now we get down to pay dirt here. We get we start getting to the grind. This is where it's going to get a little bit interesting. But no, I don't think the Bucks are going back to back. I, I can I, I can safely assume that. Um, as a I should ask you the bad question now, and not bad for you, uh, bad for everybody else. As a Patriots fan, it's pretty pathetic that week two is this big. Are we going to start one and three, Joey? So uh, you guys got what the Jets on Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. you're going to smoke the Jets. Don't worry about that. You'll beat the Jets. Week three, you guys yep. have uh, you are you got the Saints at home, yep. And then obviously week four is the big one. Week four yep. is the game. You yeah, can't fucking wait. On it, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna say right now, at worst, two and two. I think okay, cool. You cool. guys are gonna beat the Jets this weekend. Pull even. You should have beat the Dolphins on Sunday. Let's be honest. No. You should have beat the Dolphins. I think Bills. Bills. I don't get it. I don't get it. I think if we had Sony. But whatever. I mean, he ran Harris to the ground, and finally Harris broke. The guy had, like, 23 touches. But you had the ball in enemy territory with a chance to win the game. And guess what? You might not see Harris again. I think he might be. They said Ridley in 2013 was barely touched the ball the the week after he fumbled. So maybe Harris gets, like, five snaps. What was was that guy's name? Uh, What was it? Jonas Gray? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they cut it. He ran for 200 yards against the Colts, fumbled once the next week, and they were like, bye, never to be heard from again. I mean, it was just that's how Bill Belichick operates. I mean, listen, the Patriots, in my eyes, they they should have and would they should have won that game on Sunday. And Mac Jones debut should have gone down as a W. He will get his first W on Sunday against the Jets. I can assure you of that. Yeah, the Jets are not a good football team. Zach Wilson. I mean, he had flashes on Sunday, but I didn't see anything out of him that I was like, oh, wow. Oh, this kid's the real deal. And guess what, dude? It's the Jets, bro. Yeah. There are just some teams that just don't – they just can't get it done. The Jets are one of them. Jets, Browns, Bengals, Texans. Like, put any of those teams as good as they could possibly be in a big spot, and they're going to crumble. It's just always how it goes. So – you guys will beat them. I think you'll beat the Saints. I think the Saints um, are frauds. 
Yeah, I, to, I, I like Sean. I think Sean's a top five coach, but Jameis ain't gonna do that every week. He's. Not I think. I think. I think he's very capable of throwing for 148 yards every week. Um, I just don't <laughs> think. I just think the five touchdowns are a bit of an yeah, anomaly. Okay, yeah. You know, uh, 148 yards and five touchdowns. I, I don't remember the last time I saw a stat line like that. He only threw 148 yards. I figured he threw like 400 or something with all those touchdowns. Nope, 148. Oh Jesus! Okay. He barely he, he barely beat out a Rod in terms of uh, yards thrown, if I'm not mistaken. I'll, I'll double yeah. check it, but it was uh, it was wild, dude. It, to put it in Sean's words, it was wild. Uh, it was just it was it was a bad day uh, for the for the Green Bay Packers. Crazy. There's really nothing more you can say you can you can you can say uh, about it. Um, but yeah, let me see here. Uh, let me let me pull up the stats here for you, just so I can give you the the full stat line. Because I I am actually, you know, this was a this was a this was a ridiculously uh, insane game. Stats right here. Let's see, Saints. Jameis Winston, fourteen of twenty, one forty eight and five touchdowns, no interceptions. Well, Alvin Kamara, twenty carries, eighty three yards, no touchdowns. <laughs> I mean. Jeez. To sit there and, and 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 see Alvin Kamara go, you know, eighty three yards and no tutties, as a fantasy player, that's gonna drive you fucking insane. Yeah, yeah, of course. But Juwan Ju, Man Johnson, two touchdowns, three catches, twenty one yards, two touchdowns. Deontay Harris, one touchdown on two targets. Chris Hogan, one touchdown, ten yards, like yep. one target. Uh, Alvin Kamara did have a receiving touchdown. He was uh, he had four targets, three receptions, eight yards. This was one of those days that you're gonna look back at. You're gonna look back at this. And you're gonna go, dude, what the fuck happened there? Like, how did yeah. that? How was that possible? I don't believe Jameis and the Saints are that good of a team. I really don't. Uh, cool. I did think Jameis was going to have a better year than I think people expected him to. Okay. In terms of being a stat monster, and he's you know he's often running in the touchdown category. He's got that going for him. You know, get a little bit of a you know get a little room you know ground to make up in the yards and all that shit. But um, no, I think you guys are going to beat the Jets. I think you'll beat the Saints, and then uh, we'll see how much sauce is dripping off that Mac. I'm going to give you a layup. Week I'm going to give you the biggest Joey Fats gift ever. The biggest tool bags on the face of this fucking earth. I'm sorry to swear. Are the people who are like, yeah, it's Tom over team, fire the cannons, go Bucks. Like those fraud Patriots fans are gonna, we're gonna see who the real tool bags are week four. Who oh, like, big time! The biggest tool bags ever, the defense Cowboy fans are gonna come out week four when they have their half Patriots, half Bucks jerseys on. Yes, that will be a uh, eye-opening experience for a lot of people. Not me because I've been I've been touting this since day one. I know exactly. Okay. How this? I know exactly how this is going to go. Uh, Patriot New England fans, Boston fans, New England fans, whatever you want to call them, in general, are some of the biggest fairweather fans uh, in the history of sports. I mean, you've got people, you know, that in 2004, Pink cats. that were that were ride or die on the Boston Red Sox when they got to the playoffs against the Yankees, yeah. and they finally beat the Yankees, get to the World Series, and they're like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Yeah, man, Aaron Boone, that was this, you know." This this whole World Series was made worth it because of how much last year sucked. And they're like, oh, I didn't even watch last year. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, 
Who, oh, who didn't, who, why, you didn't watch 2000, like, listen, man, if you weren't face down on your best friend's living room floor, br- borderline in tears, watching Aaron Boone trot around the bases, I don't oh, really want to fucking hear it, all right? I don't want to hear about your Sox fan. Now, listen, I've disowned the Red Sox since, I've even donned a Yankees hat since then. Yeah. But that's because of my personal and political beliefs, and <laughs> I refuse, refuse to root for a team that is owned by that piece of shit, John Henry. I understand. I get it. I as know. soon as he I dies or sells the team, I will be 110% go socks. I've heard you say this before. <clears throat> and that'll be that. But until that day, my friend, you it is not there. But the pink hats will be out in force come yeah. week two. Now, we saw this a couple years ago, eight years ago. We saw this with Peyton Manning when he made his return to Indy uh, in, okay. uh, in 2013. The, the Broncos went into Indianapolis undefeated. It was a Sunday night game, wow. and uh, they did this great emotional tribute to Peyton, and Raheem Morris sacks Peyton Manning, and the place goes absolutely fucking apeshit. And yeah. the, the the you know the the Colts ended up you know somewhat routing the Broncos. I think it was like thirty eight, like thirty eight twenty nine or thirty eight thirty or something like that. Um, and it wasn't even that close. Like it was a close game, but it wasn't even that close. It looked good. It looked better on the score sheet than it was in real life. Like that was the night. Like Trenton Holiday got knocked the fuck out by uh, Pat McAfee going up the sidelines. Okay. If you remember that, that if you look up Pat McAfee highlights, and you'll see that one uh, ten out of ten times. That was a great night. But Indy did it right. Indy fans were like, "Listen, Peyton, we love you. Thank you, but also fuck you. Tonight you play for the enemy. We're gonna yeah. honor you before the game." And now yep. from here on out, we want blood. And yeah. I don't think you're going to get that. I think you, if you see the first touchdown that Brady throws in New England will be met by more cheers Poor Mac. than booze. Mac, dad, you don't deserve that shit. Come on, Mac. But, Mac, you know what, though? It's, but if I'm Mac Jones, listen, man, I don't give two shits. I, I'm not yeah. trying to win over the fan base. You know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to win over my teammates and my coaches at this point. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because that'll still come in time. The fuck fuck the fans. The fans suck. Time. They're they're fucking losers. They're dumb. New England fans are just dumb. They're just they're <laughs> on the whole, and I don't mean all of them, but for the majority, they're just dumb. They're they don't they don't see how hypocritical they are nine out of ten times. They just sit there and they're like, bleh, 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 we're New England fan. You make good, you make success, you make me, 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 me. And then they just and you 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 hit them with like three facts and they're like, yeah, but Tom Brady has seven rings, so and it's like, he does. <laughs> I'm like, oh cool, you you can count to seven. Like I'm I'm so happy for you, good for you. I've had more arguments with Paige. Page. My favorite, Pat, I don't think I've ever told the story in the air. My favorite um, Patriots fan, like, dumb shit moment that happened live. It, it was, uh, we were, I was at Gillette Stadium, 2006. Week number three, Broncos at the Patriots. And uh, the Broncos ended up winning 17-7. And it was 17 nothing for a good majority of the second half. Tatum Bell and Mike Anderson kind of had their way. It was the first time anybody had ever beat uh, Brady and Belichick three consecutive times uh, since they had taken over because obviously in 2005 Denver beat them twice in Denver and then went on the road to New England and beat them in, in that week three matchup and uh, there was a point Jason Elam had kicked a field goal I think it was like in the second quarter kicked a field goal to make it uh, 10-0 and his Patriot fan turns around and he's like and we're John back and forth you know obviously for most of the time I mean you know me um, I, I'm not exactly one to hold my tongue and uh 
This guy turns around, he's like, oh, yeah, fuck you. He's like, yeah, field goals don't mean shit. Field goals don't mean shit. And I was like, really? I was like, how many Super Bowls have you won by a field goal? <laughs> and at that point, it was obviously it was all three. And literally everyone in the section just turned and looked at him and was like, dude, shut up. Just sit down and shut up. Like, you're done. For, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're done for the day. Like, oh, field goals don't mean shit. Really? Like, and at this yeah, it's like at this point, the four biggest fucking playoff games in Patriots history had been won by a field goal. And this loser idiot just like tries to throw it out there. It was just one of the better own like gotcha moments. Yeah. But that just kind of sums up Patriot fans in general. So, yeah, you will see. And I'm not saying you. You're not one of them. Sean's not one of them. <clears throat> I've got a couple buddies that, that you know, that are they're not that stupid. There are a lot of stupid Patriot fans, though. A lot. A lot. And they tend to bleed over into the Red Sox and the Celtics. And, you know, you, you can obviously start to see a pattern of why I have such uh, a disdain for this area. Joey, I had a picture on my Facebook story of Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence before the season started. I thought I, I love Trevor Lawrence. I watched him at Clemson, so man, I was so excited. That dude's got to be talking to his wife about how to get the f out of there after one game. Uh, listen, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is not cut out for the NFL. I'm just gonna put no, it. Out. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah, he's not. I will not be surprised if we get to December and he resigns. Yeah. Listen, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, I think, is is eventually going to be good. I don't think Urban Meyer was the right fit. No Travis at the end. That's going to kind of put a little damper on things. But listen, man, the Jags, they've got the Broncos on Sunday. All right? Ooh. And I believe it is in Denver. Oh, they're going to get fucking killed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up right now. I'm fairly certain this game's in Denver. If it is. He's going to get shit himself. It's it's going to be – oh, this is going to be a cakewalk. I mean – Oh, no, I'm sorry. Okay, it's, it's, in Jackson, it's in Jacksonville. It's a 1 o'clock game in Jacksonville. Okay. Uh, so it's in Jacksonville. So it won't be a cakewalk. But I'm putting the over-under right now on two and a half interceptions for the Broncos defense. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I just think David Culley's not a head coach. And for the Texans to win, I can see I can see Broncos defense and Vic Fangio's a defense guy. I can see Broncos getting a couple early and just Urban shooting himself. I, I that's where I'm. That's kind of where I'm leaning because I think Trevor Lawrence, in the face of that pra, uh, pass rush, if they get Bradley Chubb back, Von Miller had two sacks on Sunday. Welcome wow. back, Von Miller. Thank God he's back. I I couldn't be more thrilled to see him. Shelby Harris. I can't wait to see Bradley Chubb back on the field. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Thankfully, luckily, too, Jerry Judy. We'll talk more about the Broncos a little later. Uh, Jerry Judy avoided disaster uh, with that ankle injury. But listen, man, uh, there are rumors, and I'm glad you brought this up, Pat, because there are rumors uh, coming out of Jacksonville that Urban Meyer is already losing his fucking mind. Oh, yeah, big time. The word yeah. that I heard that was coming out that to describe Urban Meyer's state of mind the week leading up to the uh, the week one loss to the Texans was unhinged. Yep. He is not accustomed to coaching pro players. He's accustomed Losing. to college guys who do Losing. every single thing that you say, and then and that's it. They don't question it. Now he's coaching pros. And the the rumor, the heavy rumor was he is coming unglued. He is coming apart at yeah. the seams. Now could that be overstated? Sure. Is there probably some truth to that? I believe so. 
I certainly believe so because I watched Nick Saban, the greatest college football coach of all time, go to Miami. We asked Jarvis Green about this on the show last week when we interviewed him, which if you haven't heard, you can go back and check us out. Uh, you can check it out on Spotify or you can go back yep. and listen to the show uh, on our, our, it's posted to our row one seat one Facebook page. Yep. Um, you can get it there or on YouTube. Uh, but if you don't listen, if Nick Saban can't yep. get it done in the pros, what makes you think urban Meyer is going to be the guy to get it done in the pros? Yeah, and I heard someone say, like, they should have got a younger coach like Matt Rule. Like, Urban's old. He's stuck in his ways. He's not used to losing. You know, they're going to beat up some small, shitty college by a million points when he's in Florida or Ohio State. NFL's not like that. You're going to lose a lot of games. I I do think he's going to come unhinged. I think he already is, but even more when they just keep losing. Yeah, and and I'll tell you right now, if Trevor Lawrence comes out and has another three-interception day on Sunday, man, man. Could you imagine, though, if Trevor Lawrence had Tim Tebow to throw to right now? <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying they would have won on Sunday, but it would have drast- drastically increased their chances just through faith alone. Side. Tebow meeting up against his old team. Oh, that would have been – that just would have been too right, but we missed out on that. But, uh, but no, it was uh, – you're right, Pat. Uh, I think I think I think Urban Meyer is not long for this job in the NFL. That's oh, an man. excellent point by you. But uh, thanks for the call, buddy. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, Joey. Hey, as soon as football's back, I you know I look forward to it after uh, the games on Sunday. Have a good week. I'll be listening. I'll talk to you next week. All right, hey, did you uh, did you get in the Pick'em League on Yahoo? Oh no. Oh, I so didn't. so there was a problem that we had. Apparently, the link that I was posting Yahoo for whatever reason. Uh, was not working. It was telling people there's a problem that you can't go to. But if you go to Yahoo, if you have fantasies, do you have Yahoo Fantasy Leagues? Oh, I might have ESPN, but I can always add it. Oh, okay. So you should go to uh, go go over to Yahoo.com, go to yep. Fantasy Sports, go to the Pro Pick'em, and then uh, you can put in this. this there's the, uh, the the number was uh, 28318 was the uh, the ID number, yep. and the password's row one seat one. You can still join the, the, the Pick'em League. Cool, and it's still it's still there. It's it's not too late to get in. You're you'll be a, a little bit of a week behind. Yeah, you know, but you can uh, you can still get you can still get into it. So uh, two eight three one eight is the ID number for the league, and the password is row one seat one. Okay, I will check that out. So go ahead, grab that, get in it because uh, you're not gonna want to miss it, man. I'm gonna have I don't know what we're gonna give away uh, at the end of the year to the winner. But uh, we've got I've got some pretty cool stuff sitting in a corner over here, some autographed jerseys, some things of that nature that uh, will will probably be get doled out. So, cool, get in on it, baby. All right, Joey, have a good night, man. Pat, we'll talk to you next week. Of course, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate your call. Yeah, of course, man. Have a good night. All right, buddy. Later, bro. Great call from Pat. Always a good call from Pat. Seven seven four nine nine two. 8702. That's the phone number if you want to get in on some of this outstanding football conversation. We've got all things week one. We're talking about A-Rod, Jameis, uh, Mac Jones, and Tua. Uh, we've got Brady and the Cowboys. We, we, we got the we got the whole we got everything so far. We're working through it. Uh, but 774-992-8702. If you want the audio-only stream of this video uh, of this show. And you don't want to keep your phone locked up with Facebook Live videos, go to www.mixler.com backslash Joey Dash Fats. 
and you can listen to the show live right there. It's one click of a button. You don't have to download the app. It might ask you to, but you open it in your browser on your phone. Boom, you'll have it right there, and you'll have the show live. Uh, yes, yeah, Sarah, we will we will get into uh, a little bit of the Eagles and the Falcons because I know Rob's he's listening somewhere. Uh, he is not surprised. Uh, he's not as surprised as I am because I felt like the uh, I, I thought I thought for sure for sure I thought the Falcons were getting one of their one of their guaranteed wins on Sunday. The Eagles had different different thoughts. Jalen Hurts came out, did what Jalen Hurts does, which is apparently just throw dimes uh, against the Falcons. Um, that's all I've really ever seen him do. But there he is. He did it. He covered it. He, uh, shit, man. That was one of my ones that I got wrong. I thought for sure, for sure, the Falcons were going to walk away with that game. Maybe it's a good thing for the Eagles. Maybe it's not. Probably you know, Eagles fans could argue either way because maybe they think that, uh, you know, they're not that good. Maybe the Falcons are that bad. And they capitalized on beating up on a crappy team. Maybe Eagles fans are happy about this. Maybe the Eagles fan, maybe there are Eagles fans out there that somehow knew they were going to be better than what everybody else thought they were going to be. Uh, we'll see how that goes as the season progresses. But, uh, damn. The Eagles put it on them. So let's let's talk about that for a quick second because, man, I'll tell you right now, if you're a Falcons fan, and listen, from an Eagles standpoint, let's just cover the base from the Eagles standpoint real quick. You got to be thrilled with that win. Jalen Hurts looked great. The Eagles looked great. They looked much better than I think anybody could have possibly had thought they were going to look. Congrats. Enjoy. Sip the champagne, drink the Kool-Aid. You did it week one. Oh, hey, listen, all's well that ends well, right? Jalen Hurts looked, I mean, better than I could have possibly had thought he was ever going to look. It was unbelievable. I, I kept turning over to that game, uh, you know, going back and forth between the Colts, Seahawks, the red zone, and, and you know, we're just flipping back and forth between games, me and, uh, me and Plizzy all day. And we're just like, what the fuck is going on in Atlanta right now? I mean, this is unbelievable. So congratulations to Philly. I mean, you guys played a hell of a game. Good job. But from a Falcon standpoint, man, what are you doing? If you're a Falcons fan, like, do you just kill yourself now? Do you wait six more weeks to see how much more disappointed you could get? I, I don't understand. I mean, it's not like you don't have a former league MVP under center in Matt Ryan. I mean, you put Matt Ryan on, like, 15 other teams in the NFL, and they're probably Super Bowl contenders. Fuck, put Matt Ryan in Denver right now. That's a Super Bowl team. Period. End of story. Put him in San Francisco. Super Bowl team. Put him in Washington. Super Bowl team. This, Matt Ryan's a good quarterback, great quarterback, well above average. Is he elite? Is he Aaron Rodgers? You know, that level of elite? No, 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 let's not overstate it. Is he above average? Absolutely. He's on that, like, second tier of quarterbacks right now. Always kind of has been, just kind of floated in there. You know, where it's like he's not, you know, he wasn't Brady or Manning, Peyton, that is. 
or A-Rod or, you know, not even maybe like Russ Wilson or, 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 or whomever. But he was always in that like Andrew Law, you know, Andy Dalton on a good day, Dak. That just second tier that like, you know, Big Ben, Eli Manning, if you, you know, in a lot of ways. That second tier was like, okay, on a great day. He's going off for 450 and four touchdowns. A normal day, he's probably going to give you 275 to three and a quarter, maybe 350. Two touchdowns, maybe three with an interception. You know, who knows, whatever, okay. that's Which is fine, that's fair. Second tier quarterback, second tier guy. But he's got an MVP under his belt. He can be elite. He can be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He needs the right situation. Atlanta is not the right situation anymore. I'm sorry. Atlanta, do that man a favor. Cut him free. Let him go. Should have done that at the beginning of last offseason. Let him go. If I'm Matt Ryan, I'm knocking on Arthur, Art, Art LeBlanc's door. I'm like, excuse me, sir. Um, yeah, this, this, uh, this relationship that we got right here, this ain't working out anymore. Okay? Uh, yeah, no. I mean... I, I, I want to stay in Atlanta, but um, I also want to win every once in a while. And this whole, like, either we go to the Super Bowl or we're 3-13, and 3-14 or 4-13, and 13, whatever it is this year, that, that shit ain't working for me anymore. Let me go, please. And I'm telling you right now, if the rumors are true as to what the Texans turned down in terms of a trade-off for Deshaun Watson, the Falcons probably could have gotten at least twice that much. For Matt Ryan. Now, obviously, they, they'll never get twice that much because no team, no matter how good a quarterback is, no team's giving up that much uh, to get a single player. But, my God, if you're a Falcons fan, and Rob, I feel for you, buddy. I really do. I don't know if you're listening right now, but if you are, man, my hat's off to you. That sucks, bro. It was a bad hit on Sunday. I did not expect that out of the Falcons. I did not expect that out of Matt Ryan, that team. That was just a bad loss, a very bad loss to open up the season. And unfortunately, I think it might have set the tone for the rest of the year for the Falcons. I had the Falcons doing pretty well this year, if I'm not mistaken. I got my picks right here Uh, in the NFC. I had the Falcons winning 10 games. Um, I might have to knock that down by three or four games. And that might be being generous. The, The Falcons did not look good week one. If we're overreacting to week one, the Falcons are a top three draft pick. Uh, they're, they're drafting in the top three this year. That's how bad they looked. I mean, you're talking about a Philly team that had Jalen Hurts at quarterback. They have next to nobody on offense that you could even, that is, even resembles a household name. Well, Zach Hurts is like the best, most recognizable name they have. Not that recognizable means anything, but you get what I'm saying. They don't have any real star power on that team. Where, where, where do you go from here if you're if you're the Falcons? I mean, seriously, this is bad. It's bad for Atlanta. It's it's a bad hit, bad loss, tremendous, tremendous shit show down in GA. We haven't seen a shit show like this since election night in Atlanta. I mean, that's how bad this is. This is twenty eight to three bad. This is this is bad. I mean, this is likely Matt Ryan's last year as a Falcon. Whether he retires, gets traded, cut, whatever, I cannot see Matt Ryan returning to the Falcons next year. Really can't. 
give me one good reason why he would. Either the team's all set with him and they're going to move on or he's all set with the team or he's all set with football in general. Made his money, did what he had to do, got close, couldn't close the deal. Sayonara. See you later. All set with two T's. That's how I would be. That's how I'd feel right now if I was Matt Ryan. 774-992-8702. Give me a call. Let me know what you think. Because that's all that matters. What you guys think about these things. Uh, so let's get back into a little bit here. Let's let's talk a little bit about your Patriots, right? All right. So we 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 covered the Bucks and the Cowboys. We talked about uh, Aaron Rodgers and and Jameis. We we got into a little bit of uh, you know of, of the Cowboys. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, of the Falcons and the uh, and the and the Eagles. We got a little bit of the Jags. Trevor Lawrence. Urban Meyer apparently having mental breakdowns already, and it's only week one. We'll get into the Raiders and the Ravens before the show is over. I promise you that. We'll get into the Cardinals and the Titans. We'll get it. I promise you that. We'll definitely talk a little bit of Steelers, Bills, uh, but let's for now let's talk a little bit about the Patriots and the Dolphins because in just a little bit because there's not really much more that needs to be said about this game other than I'm gonna I'm gonna say this to the Patriots fans out there. Okay, and this is coming from your number one biggest hater. Uh, like, Mel Gibson has a better appreciation for the Hebrews than I do for the Patriots. That's how much I loathe the Patriots, okay? I just, I hate you. I want nothing more than for you to fail and, and be miserable. Unfortunately for me, everything I saw on Sunday points in the other direction. Yes, I know the Patriots lost the game. 17-16, at home, in an opener, to Miami, which sucks. Brian Flores and Tua came in, did what they had to do. They got the W. Not, not taking anything away from the Miami Dolphins. They did what they had to do to get the win, including forcing a fumble while the Patriots were within score, within field goal, dist, uh, field goal range uh, to close that game out and, and get a walk-off win. Now. If I'm a Patriots fan, after watching that game, am I disappointed in the loss? Absolutely. But I'm smiling ear to ear on Monday morning. Why am I smiling after a loss? Because, God damn it, we've got our quarterback. There was one year of darkness in New England. One year. Tom Brady left, went to the Bucks. Took Gronk out of retirement, dragged him with him. Took Antonio Brown. Went and won a Super Bowl and did all the things that we thought could have been done in New England and just moved 2,000 miles down the, down the coast and did it down there instead. Painful to watch if you're a New England fan. Or not because you just don't, you actually don't care about the Patriots and you, you really just care about Tom Brady. And all you wanted to do was see Brady win, and you couldn't give two shits about the Patriots, which is, you know, probably like I'd say eighty-five percent of you. Um, but that being said, there was one year of Cam Newton chugging it around the lot, struggling to get it out there, struggling to do what he's got to do. Looked great the first three weeks. Three different styles of offense: throwing, running, grind it out. 
gets COVID and then banned the whole the whole season just kind of goes tits up. Cam never looks the same. Was he hurt? Was he not? We don't know. No one's ever admitted it. No one's ever even come out. There's never been really an inkling or a rumor about it, which is kind of weird uh, when you think about it because information in this league flows really quickly. You know, walls have ears, buildings heard. Supposed to be shh, but spill the word. That stuff gets out quick in the NFL, and we haven't heard anything about that. Now, I still personally believe Cam got hurt last year. Cam was banged up. There was something wrong with Cam Newton post-COVID that they weren't disclosing or he wasn't disclosing. Something happened to him. Because I've watched Cam Newton his whole career, and you don't just all of a sudden, you don't just all of a sudden just fall off that fast. Like, it doesn't usually, it usually, it's it's kind of like a car, right? Like, you can kind of see the end of your the, the car's life coming, the brakes start to fade. You know, you start to need new suspension pieces here and there, tie rods, ball joints. The motor starts wiggling a little bit more than it used to. It's not really running as much, you know, running as smooth as it used to. And all of a sudden, like, you know, you get to a point, you're like, oh, man, all of a sudden one day you're like, damn, this thing's dead. Like, it's dying. Like, she's she going to go any day now. That's not what happened with Cam. Cam hit the Max Kellerman quiff, quiff, quiff. Boom. Uh, and just Cam went just off the cliff after COVID. I still believe there was something, something happened to Cam at some point because he went from being able to throw the ball pretty much anywhere he wanted to, however he wanted to, to not even being able to, not being able to make, like, I'm, I'm talking like a JUCO throw, like a junior college throw. He just didn't have the arm strength. He didn't have the talent. Like, it just was, it was dead. It was a dead noodle. It was a wet noodle for an arm. Like, he went full-blown, like, what we saw out of Peyton Manning in 2015 that's what, but, but worse, because Cam was still young, healthy. I mean, we showed you the picture last week. Cam was jacked and ripped as fuck. Something happened to that man. And I don't know that, uh, I don't know that it's fair to blame him entirely for what happened, because I think he just did what he was supposed to do, which was be a good teammate, shut his mouth, and keep trying, and keep pressing, and keep playing, because he knew he was the best option on that team. Now you've got Mac Jones. So you have one year of kind of shit showing with Cam Newton. Now you've got Mac Jones. Listen, man, Mac Jones, Sunday, made quick decisions. He made the right decisions. But most importantly, he made decisions. He was decisive. Whatever he did, he did it at 100 miles an hour. He didn't sit there and tippy-toe around and pussyfoot it. No. Mac Jones made decisions. He threw that touchdown, his first ever touchdown. The guy, it was I forget who the receiver was, came over to hand him the ball. And he just was like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want that shit. Fuck that. Like, who cares? That kid has got it. Whatever it is, Mac Jones has it. So New England fans, yes, you can be upset that you lost the game because you should be, because you fumbled the game away while it was while you were well within reach of winning it, uh, and you literally fumbled it away. That sucks. That's a burn. That you know you. No matter how good the silver lining is, that always sucks. It always stinks. A loss sucks. It just there's no two ways about it, especially to a division rival. That being said, oh, baby, do you guys have a lot to look forward to? You got a quarterback that you're going to be able to grow with and watch grow over the next 10, 15-plus years. And this kid, Mac Jones, this kid's special. I like him. I thought, I said before the draft, there was two places that he really could have gone or three places that he could have gone and truly succeeded. New England was number one. New England was the number one place that he could have gone. He is a New England quarterback through and through. 
So congratulations, New England. You guys get to basically bypass that 10, sometimes 15-plus-year gap between great franchise quarterbacks that most of the other, you know, most of us have to deal with. You know, we had to wait, what, 14 years between Peyton and, and Elway in Denver. Miami's still looking for their Marino replacement. You know, maybe I guess the Niners, they got kind of lucky when they went from Montana to Young. Uh, but, you know, Troy Aikman has never been replaced in Dallas. I guess the I guess the Packers got they they did pretty good you know with uh with Favre and and A Rod, um, but only two Super Bowls between the two of them, which is also kind of very disappointing when you think about it. When you think about the, the fact that they're gonna have like thirty five years of like two guys playing quarterback for them, and they're only gonna have two Super Bowls to show for it. That's kind of wild, no? It's kind of crazy to think about. You just think like, oh, wow, like. It's like the Steelers. They've had, what, three head coaches? Tomlin, Cower, and uh, uh, Noel in, like, the last 50 years. You're like, damn. That's consistency. That's stability. That's why the Steelers are constantly in it and looking to win it. But I digress. Cam Newton. Real quick, before we get off Cam Newton, I got something I want to show you. Because this is a video of, uh, of Cam talking about why he thinks he was cut from the Patriots. Now, it's a, it's a little bit of a longer clip, so bear with me. It's about two minutes long. I'm going to let you watch it. I'm going to give myself a break here. Put this on. Y'all let me know what you think as soon as it's done. The reason why they released me is because indirectly, I was going to be a distraction. Without if, being a starter. Without being a starter. Yeah. And this was but not how? Come, Verbally or in the locker room? Just my aura. Okay. Just my aura. And and that's just, and I told you this off camera, that's my gift and my curse. Yeah. When you bring a Cam Newton to your facility, when you bring a Cam Newton to your franchise, people are interested by mere fact they of are intrigued. who is he yeah. why does he wear yeah. his hair yeah. why does he talk why does he act why does he perform why yeah. does all these yeah. questions yeah. so let's just be let me be honest with you come to me saying this yeah if they would have asked me would i play behind they said can we're gonna give the team to mac okay you're going to be the second string. We okay. expect you to be everything and some yeah. to guide yeah. him throughout yeah. this tenure. Okay. I would say absolutely. Yeah. Cam. But listen. Cam. Listen. The truth of the matter is this. He would have been uncomfortable. With you looking over his shoulder? Uh, yeah. You you felt like that? Yeah. He would have. And they well, knew because... because you have to understand. You are intimidating too. presence now. That is true. Yeah. And it comes by mere fact of me being me. Like, I don't, like, when you would see a practice clip of, you know, me dancing or them playing music, man, if you put a, a hidden camera of me in my kitchen and you play some music, I'm still going to be bobbing my head yeah, listening yeah, yeah. to the music in the car. Yeah, That's just how yeah. I get myself going. Well, what, what kind of was intriguing to me and kind of agitating of sorts was, Max shows up for work. You're not serious about taking your job serious. You all into that rap music and all this cultural decline and this ain't the Patriot way and all of that. Can you address that 
And then the number two largest elephant in the room, you just floored me by the fact that you would play behind Matt. Was Matt teaching you the playbook? No. But I about said, sir. No. How can he please, teach me? Please. So there you go. There's there's the uh the Cam Newton interview. And the last question there was kind of the funniest part of that whole thing because that's Cam's dad that's interviewing, by the way. Uh the, the, the funniest part was the answer was, was Mac Jones teaching you the playbook? And Cam, like, plays it off like, what? Like, no, no, he wasn't teaching me. Like, what can he teach me? I'm Cam Newton. I'm MVP Cam Newton. Well, I guess in that, in reality, Cam Newton came out after the interview and did say, yeah, this this playbook was something that I'd never seen before. I'd never even looked at it before. I'd never even I'd never known it before until I got here last year. So while he denies that Mac Jones was teaching in the playbook, he simultaneously kind of uh, in other comments, not in that interview, in different in a different comment uh, interview, uh, in a comment he made in a different interview. Sorry, uh, he kind of said, "Yeah, like he admits to not having a pretty much goddamn clue what he was looking at." He's like, "This is all new to me. It's all Greek, baby." That's that. And he was just like, nope. I, you know, he's like, no, he wasn't teaching me the court. He wasn't teaching me. But at the same time, he doesn't come out and be like, no. He, he, he says, he doesn't admit that he knew it better than him. He just says that he wasn't teaching him. So take that for what you want. Interesting stuff. It really was fascinating, uh, that interview. You know, people talked about, because obviously we talked about it uh, two weeks ago with the Zolak comments about how they were talking about, oh, he's not concentrated. You know, he's out there bobbing his head to music and this and that. And I get that. Trust me. Listen, man, I, I get it all the time. My dad won't even play golf with me anymore uh, because I, 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 I like to listen to music while I golf. And I got a playlist that's eight and seven hours and 49 minutes long uh, worth of, of songs that I like to golf to. And I get it. Golf is a very mentally challenging, draining sport. I like to listen to music while I play. Sue me. My dad won't even play with me anymore because he doesn't want to listen to my music while he has to play. So I get, like, the whole thing. Like, where I get it where, like, if you're Cam, if you're a Cam hater, if you will, and you think, like, oh, he's listening to his rap music. It's like, dude, shut up. Like, come on. What are you, fucking John Mara, bro? Get over yourself. Oh, we're tired of the talking, and we just want to... Like, oh, okay, old man. <laughs> Fucking old heads, man. Ruining shit for everybody. It's like they forgot they were young ones. It's wild. It really is. It really is wild, Sean. That one's for you, buddy. That one's for you. Uh, 774-992-8702. Give me a call. Just me. Just a fat kid in a microphone and some thoughts. Got a couple more things I want to get into before I uh, before we take off here for the night and we recap week number one. One of the other things I did want to get into a little bit was the uh, was the Broncos and the Giants, mostly because we uh, had a call. We had Alex, who was a regular caller on the show, call in, and uh, we bet we bet a round of golf uh, on that game. I will be receiving a free round of golf. Uh, I have a few other wagers that I placed, non-monetary. Um, I don't bet money on my own team. It's just one of those things I don't do. 
uh, because it gets you in trouble. You know, a lot of people like like to sit there and act like, uh, well, you know, if you don't, if you're not putting, if you're not putting a hundred bucks on your team or five hundred bucks on your team, then you can't be that confident. You must not be that confident. No, no, no. I just, I, I know myself, and I would bet a thousand dollars on the Broncos to win every single week. Um, the problem is, is the Broncos are not going to win every single week, and I'm going to be out a thousand bucks more, probably, I don't know, six, other than maybe six, seven times a year. Uh, for the last five years. So that would not be good for me. Uh, my heart, I, I like I listen to my heart more than I listen to my head. Uh, that's why I don't bet. But every once in a while, I'll throw a friendly wager on a game with a couple, you know, with a couple friends. I got a couple buddies that are big Giants fans. Obviously, Alex called in last week. Uh, he he placed the uh, the wager with me on the air for the round of golf. And, uh, you know, that's fine. I, I, I will totally take him up on a free round of golf. That's totally cool with me. It's, it's it's money, but it's not money. It's more like okay, but we're both going out and experiencing it. He's just gonna cover my cover my cart costs, whatever. Got a couple, you know. I got a free six pack on the way. I'm sure uh, from a couple, of, you know, from one guy. I got a you know a couple other bets that I placed on uh, with Giants fans across the board. But let's let me get into this uh, this this Broncos quarterback situation here real quick because yes. That is the first time the Broncos have won a game in September in two years, they, uh, th- since three years ago. They haven't won a game in September, I want to say, since uh, 2019? No, 18. 18, 2018. Uh, they've been over. Vic Fangio has never won a game in September. He's 0-7 in the month of September coming into this year. Oof. Big fucking oof. The Broncos get the win. I am by no means upset. That my Denver Broncos got the win on Sunday against a bad Giants team on the road. Granted, it was on the road. Uh, tough, you know, tough, tough situation to be in. It's never fun going, you know, west to east and playing on the road. They're going to go straight down to Jacksonville and play another road game this weekend against uh, Sunshine and the Jags and the unhinged Urban Meyer. I'm not happy. Uh, with with what I saw on Sunday, because what I saw on Sunday from the Denver Broncos, offensively, defensively, they were as advertised. Uh, I would I would zoom in on that draft board, Thad, but these uh, these cameras don't they don't they're not that good. Sorry, buddy, um, but I can I can post a picture of it for you if you'd like. Um, the Denver Broncos defense was as advertised. They they were locked down in Danny Dimes' face. Saquon Barkley was non-existent. Uh, that Giants offense, like I said a couple weeks ago, when uh, they anointed Teddy Bridgewater the starter, and Alex said that the Giants were going to win by twenty. I said I, I have a hard time seeing the Giants scoring twenty, let alone winning by twenty. Uh, that was dead on. They scored thirteen. Seven of those were, uh, or six of those were in garbage time. Um, whatever. It was. It was. It was. It, the game. The game was over. Uh, the Giant. The, the Broncos defense was dominant as I expected it to be, and they still didn't have Bradley Chubb. That being said, offensively, here's a play. I'm going to throw this play out there for you guys, right? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put this up here. Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos offense. Now, I used to give the Patriots shit and say, they're smoking mirrors. They're not that good. They're smoking mirrors. They can be beat. You just got to have more talent than them, and you're eventually you're going to win. 
Well, the Broncos have officially removed the Patriots from the throne of smoke and mirrors on offense. The Broncos' offense on Sunday was about 10,000 canisters of smoke and about 5,000 mirrors. And here's just just take a look at this play, and, and you you tell me. Four-man rush, Bridgewater with the pocket collapsing. Under pressure, still on his feet. Plants and fires. A leaping catch by K.J. Hamler. What a play. Improvisational. That right there is bull. Like, that doesn't, that, that's going to happen. Yeah, great, cool, good play. Teddy made a play. He did something. Great. If Drew Locke does that, people are killing him today. Killing him on Monday morning. If that's Drew Locke, even if he completes it, the exact same result, people are going to kill him because they're going to go, young, inexperienced quarterback, throw him back across your body in the middle of the field. What are you, stupid? That's how you lose games. They w- the thing is, they would not be wrong to say that. The problem is, is that they're talking about Teddy Bridgewater as if he's some sort of second coming of the fucking Messiah. Listen, Teddy Two Gloves, I'm, I'm happy. I want this Broncos team to succeed. I want them to win. No one wants the Broncos to win more than I do. No one. Not Elway, not Joe Ellis, not Von Miller, not Bradley Chubb, not Teddy Bridgewater. I want them to win more than anybody. And I will firmly state that, and I will state that as a fact. I also am not dumb enough to sit here and believe that this is a this team is capable of doing anything other than maybe sneaking as a wild card and getting dusted in the first round by the two or three seed, whoever we end up lining up against, however it's gonna pan out. The defense is great. The offense is smoke and mirrors. The Broncos had to go for it three times on fourth down. Three times. Because Teddy Bridgewater couldn't throw the ball past the sticks on third down. Third and eight, Teddy Bridgewater throws it for six. Third and seven, Teddy Bridgewater throws it for six. Third and 14, Teddy Bridgewater throws it for 11. I'm, I'm, like, I'm not kidding. Like This is the kind of shit that drives me up a tree. I've seen this story before. I've been in this situation before. Okay, This is how it was when, it was when Jake Plummer, who, in my opinion, was a ton better than Teddy Bridgewater could ever possibly be. We used to say I have a saying in my household when we were watching the Broncos games. Keep it in third and manageable. Third and manageable. Third and seven or under. Third and seven or under. Because anything past that, now you're like, no, fuck. This is, let's just, don't turn the ball over, please. That's all you're doing. Just please don't turn the ball over. This Teddy Bridgewater-led offense, this whole thing, it's, it's cute. It's fun. They'll probably start off 2-0. They'll probably go down to Jacksonville and win. They'll ride the coattails of the defense. Teddy's not going to lose you any games, but he's certainly not going to win you any, at least not from what I've seen. It's not 2015. Give up. Teddy Bridgewater's not the guy. Sorry. And I got, I got, a, I got a lot of friends that are Broncos fans that don't want to hear that. And they're like, well, why are you being so negative? I'm not being negative. I'm being honest. I'm being brutally honest. I would rather go 7 and 9 or 7 and 10 with Drew Locke under center and officially be able to put the nail in that coffin and let that ship sail than 
go ten and seven or or nine and eight with Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe sneak into the playoffs. Because I want to know, because I know Teddy Bridgewater is not the answer, okay? I want Super Bowls. I don't care about AFC playoff appearances. I don't care about the divisional round. I don't care about the AFC championship. I want Super Bowls. Rings. It's all that matters. We're in a division with Pat Mahomes and Justin Herbert, okay, and Derek Carr. In case you haven't, you know, woken up and smelled, you know, looked around lately, those guys are pretty good, and they are at least promising. Carr's pretty good. Herbert, very promising. Mahomes, what else are you going to say about him? Why are we sitting here toiling around with Teddy Bridgewater? I, I, I just I don't understand it. Why not at least give Drew Locke the chance to go out? Listen, give him the rope. Let him hang himself. If he does, he does. And then you go to the veteran. And you go to Teddy. And you bring him in. See if he can write the ship. Maybe the hole's a little bit too deep. They don't get out of it. But you can't. But at least Teddy doesn't take the blame there. What happens if? What happens when this when 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 the when this team is four and four? You know, come week eight. Or 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 or, or five and six. What what are you gonna are you gonna go to the bullpen and and bring out Drew Lock then? And be like, hey, um, we got this great defense, but um, do you think you could dig us out of this hole? That the veteran guy that we thought was a lot better than you um, was going to take care of the ball and not, not you know, put us in position to lose. Um, do you think you could dig us out of that hole that he put us in, please? I know it's asking a little bit, but you know, go ahead. It, it makes no sense to me. It really doesn't. I want Teddy to succeed. Great. If, if the, listen, if the Broncos go eleven and five, eleven and six, or twelve and five, or whatever it is, and they compete with the Chiefs, and that's all fine and well. Great. It's a fun season. It's cool. But guess what? Come March of next year, we're right back in the same boat. We're still looking for a fucking quarterback. We're still going to be looking at trying to get Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers or whomever else. Teddy Bridgewater is not the answer beyond this year. So why are we waiting? I I just don't get it. I don't get it. I get you as a coach. Vic Vangio owes it to the players. And the veteran guys on that team that want to win and want to get to the playoffs and want to have a chance. Sure, I get that. I also think he's trying to save his job. I think because he knows Teddy Bridgewater is the safer choice. Teddy's not going to win him any games, but he's also not going to lose him any games. And guess what? I think Vic is betting pretty heavy that defense is going to be able to win him a bunch of games. He's probably not wrong. Maybe then he gets a real quarterback next year. And Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson... Maybe somebody who we don't, Matt Ryan. Who knows? Maybe it's somebody we don't even know yet. But man, as a Broncos fan, and you're sitting here and you're watching Mac Jones tear it up week one. Granted, I know they lost, but you're watching Mac Jones do it, and you, and you got Patrick Sertan, and you're like, man, this kid's really good. But damn, dude, we could have had Mac Jones. Like, why would you go with Teddy Bridgewater if you didn't believe in Drew Locke? Why didn't you draft his replacement? Why didn't you draft Mac Jones? Makes no sense to me. I don't know. But in the general, I trust. George Patton, Broncos GM, got to trust him. Got to trust him. In other Broncos news and fantasy news, too, uh, Jerry Judy avoided disaster. High ankle sprain, expected to miss four to six weeks. No broken bones, thank 
God, I wanted to throw up when I saw him go down. And the way his ankle and foot got twisted up underneath him, it was terrible. I was just like, God damn it, here we go again with another one of our receivers missing significant time uh, or missing the season, but rather than the season, just significant time. So we got that going for us. Uh, 774-992-8702. We're going to get into a little bit of Monday night. Uh, We'll get into a little bit of uh, the Steelers and the Bills and Arizona stomping out the Titans. Let's start there because I feel like that was a better storyline. Then we'll 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 round out the uh, show with the last two games. What more do you have? I mean, really, what else do you have to say about the Arizona Titans game? Except, do we really still like? It's it's pretty hard to still believe in the Titans, right? Getting blown out like that at home week one. That's a bad beat. That's tough. That's a tough one. That's a tough pill to swallow if you're a Titans fan. And I know Taylor Lewan came out after Chandler Jones ripped him for five sacks. I mean, Chandler Jones had a day. He had five sacks, like, in early in the third quarter. I don't know how he didn't get seven. I really don't know how he didn't go for Derek Thomas's record or, or what happened there. I, I think that seven-sack-in-one-game record might be the most sacred record in all of sports, and maybe. I just don't even think anybody – I don't know if anybody will ever break that. It's so hard to do because if you're sacking the quarterback that often, that quit, that much, chances are game's put away, and you're not even on the field anymore. Or they just start double, triple teaming you, and you're just not getting home, and, you know, they're just like, no. Like, <laughs> a lot of things are going to happen today, but you breaking this record are not going to be one of them. I want to see it done. I want Vaughn Miller to do it. I really do. And he's, he's got the capability – but Chandler Jones beat the brakes off Taylor Lewan. Taylor Lewan came out and like issued like the most soy boy response, where he was like, "Congratulations, you got the better of me. All this is going to do is drive me to get better." And you know, thank you for opening my eyes or some shit like that. And it was like, "Bro, take the L, hold that shit, walk home." Like no one, no one wants to hear your your like. Oh, you're going to make me a better player because of this. No one cares. No, no, I'm sorry. You got beat for five sacks, dude. In basically two quarters and three minutes. Shut up. Hold the L. Go away. No one cares. No one cares about your apology. You know, I had somebody say, you know, someone was like, oh, man, like, I, I appreciate his honesty and I appreciate him coming out. Yeah, I would appreciate him not getting Ryan Tannehill killed five times. That would be nice. That'd be a good place to start appreciating. Uh, if you were the Titans and Mike Vrabel and that coaching staff, like, hey, Taylor, like, I appreciate you owning your mistakes, but um, you still made them. And they still cost us. I, I mean, am I alone in this? Like, I feel like I'm the only one. I, I, I can't be the only one that feels like this. This is... It was ridiculous. The Cardinals, Kyler Murray came out. He absolutely just he just dragged his nuts all over that Titans defense. Derrick Henry was just my chocolate stud pony was nowhere to be found. It was a bad day for the Titans. Now I think the Titans will rebound and I think they'll they'll get back on their horse where they got week two. Uh I don't have the week two schedule memorized yet. Sorry, guys. Uh let's see. The Titans got uh they're at the Seahawks. Ooh. 
Ooh, that's a rough, rough go at it. They, the Titans could be looking at 0-2. Oh, uh, Let's be honest. They could be looking at 0-2 right now. Bad hit. And the Seahawks starting off with two AFC South teams and going 2-0 against them. I mean, good for them. If they could pull it off against the Titans at home, great. Good for them. Not to say that the Titans won't rebound. I mean, I think the Titans, of, of all the teams that got beat and beat badly in week one, why not? The, why couldn't the Titans go on, on the road into Seattle and resurrect their season? I mean, not that 0-2 is a, is a death wish, but certainly putting yourself behind the eight ball. Not that the division's, you know, lighting it on fire. I mean, Houston won, I know. But I don't think that's, that's not for real. It's not for real at all. Could be worse. Could be the NFC North. All teams lost week one. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Where everybody in one division was 0-1 to start the year. Maybe I have. I just don't remember it. But that was funny. That amused me. It amused me. But, yeah, the Cardinals, they made their – they staked their claim. We said uh, before the season when we did our picks, I had the Cardinals. I mean, I had the NFC West as the best division in football. The Cardinals were my bottom feeder team at 7-10. and Uh, That could could change drastically. They could be better than that. I I think that whole division is good. I had the Rams winning it. Uh, that looks, you know, as of Sunday night, that looked, you know, pretty on point. I think they did pretty good. The Rams, that is. Stafford looked great. I mean, go figure. Jared Goff, you know, gets traded from the Rams, goes to Detroit, loses. Stafford, traded from Detroit, goes to the Rams, wins. Kind of a little role reversal there. It's almost as if uh, it doesn't matter who's under center in Detroit. They're just destined to lose. But neither here nor there. That, a- a- that NFC West is going to be something serious, though. Keep your eye on that division. Anytime that those teams are on TV in your area and you get a chance to watch them, watch them. Fun division. Very fun division. Kyler Murray is he's a midget, but God damn if he doesn't have great friggin' arm talent. Unbelievable arm talent. 774-992-8702. I'm going to wrap it up here in about, uh, about 12 minutes. Steelers beat down on the Bills. It was a comeback, come-from-behind win. I think it was like, uh, I think the Steelers scored like, what, 23 unanswered uh, to beat the Bills in Orchard Park. Chase Claypool just making plays on the sidelines, looking like an absolute stud. Big Ben looked re-energized in a lot of ways. I mean, here's one thing. If you're a Steelers fan, right, and last year we heard this about the Steelers, when they had that, you know, ridiculous start and everybody was like, oh, my God, who have they beaten? Well, they beat the Bills now. So you can't call them Paper Tigers going into, you know, week 10 or 11 if they're still undefeated. Did they get lucky last year? Yeah. Did a lot of things break their way early on? Yeah. Were they as good as advertised? No. We knew that. They were Paper Tigers last year. But this year, coming out the gate swinging, beating down the Bills, I'll take it, baby. I'll take it. If I'm a Steelers fan, I'm fucking fired up right now. That's what's up. If you're the Steelers, if you're a Steelers fan, you have got to be thrilled going into Buffalo week number one and putting it down on them like that. 
TJ Watt gets the extension, comes out, balls the fuck out. The Steelers' defense looked friggin' phenomenal. The offense did what the offense does, which is just enough. You scored 16, we'll score 23. You scored 23, we'll score 26. That's like the Steeler way. Like, the Steelers have that ability. They're like, they're like that gnat that's, like, just buzzing around your head at a picnic. You just keep swatting. It just won't go away. And you're like, why won't you die? And then all of a sudden you get malaria and you're like, God damn it. Fucking got me. That's Big Ben and the Steelers. They just don't go away. They do not disappear. They don't go away. It's so fucking annoying. You can never count them out of a game. And the second you think that you've got the Steelers beat, Big Ben's just like, oh, there's Mike Wallace down the sideline for 72 yards. Oh, there's Antonio Brown over the middle. Oh, there's, I don't know, the ghost of Heinz Ward. I don't don't give a shit. Whatever. Fuck it. Who cares? Plenty of people. But the Steelers go and they do what they got to do up in Buffalo week one. Fantastic win for the Steelers. If you're a Buffalo fan, I mean, I wouldn't lose your shit over this loss. Yeah, you left some shit on the field. You left a lot out there. But uh, I, I wouldn't fret. Not yet. You still got Josh Allen. You still got Stephon Diggs. You still got that defense. The Bills are going to be just fine. The problem is somebody had to lose that game on Sunday, and Pittsburgh just decided it wasn't going to be them. And uh, that was that. All right, last thing I want to get into before we get out of here tonight was last night's Monday night football game. Raiders-Ravens, fantastic game. Best Monday night football game I can remember in a long time. And I'm not even talking about, you know, everybody talks about the uh, the Chiefs-Rams game from, you know, whatever, three years ago now. Where it was like video game numbers, Madden numbers, like 59-52 or whatever the hell it was. And they're like, that was the best game. Then, no, that game sucked. Game sucked. It was just... It was, Oh, busted play, guy running wide open, touchdown. Oh, busted play, guy running wide open, touchdown. Oh, oh, look at that, touchdown. Boring. Last night's Raiders-Ravens game was awesome. I loved it. I was enthralled with this game. I was I was, in, I was, emotionally invested into it, and I don't even have a horse in the race. Like, yeah, I can, get, I can get down with rooting against the Raiders, but not when they're playing the Ravens. I mean, it's tough to get behind anybody. When they're playing to get, or not get behind somebody when they're playing the Ravens, even if it is the Raiders. I mean, now I'm not rooting for the Raiders, never, nor would I. Can't do it, won't do it. But I'm not rooting for the Ravens either. Not since Ray and Ed are gone. No, I'll say. 2012 was the last time I rooted for the Raiders. I mean, uh, the Ravens. And the only reason I rooted for them that Super Bowl was because I wanted to make sure that that bullshit win that they had over Denver. It mattered. We we didn't lose to the team that could have won this because we would have the Broncos would have stomped the Niners in that Super Bowl. Stomped them four straight quarters. It'd been like forty five to fucking ten. It would have been brutal. Kaepernick would have had no chance against that twenty twelve team. That being said, <clears throat> it's been a long time since I've rooted for the Ravens, so I don't really get behind the Ravens that often anymore. I like Lamar Jackson. I like a couple of guys. Patrick Queen's really grown on me. He's one of my favorite defensive players. That all being said, it was tough for me to root for the Ravens, but I had to because it was kind of like, you know, you kind of got to root against the Raiders because you're a Broncos fan. It's just one of those things. You, you kind of have to, you, you can't root for the Raiders. 
So for like three and a half quarters, it was like pretty back and forth. It looked like the Ravens were going to walk away with it at some point. But, man, let me tell you something. Colin Nassib and Mad Max balled out for the Raiders last night. They're the reason right now. I think they're the two unsung heroes. I know Carr threw for the 400 yards, and, you know, he had the game winner in overtime and all that stuff. But Carl Nassib, Mad Max, are your two MVPs for the Raiders last night. Because Derek Carr, I mean, Derek Carr threw that interception in the end zone. Uh, was it in overtime? It just complete boneheaded, like, it, not a boneheaded throw, boneheaded play by the receiver. Hits him in the face, ball off the helmet, bounces straight up in the air, and you're like, did that did that seriously just fucking happen? Like are we are we serious right now? That that's that's how we're gonna do this? Raiders gonna raid. Am I right, boys? And you get down to it. Raiders get another chance. And they cash in. Shame on the Ravens, though. Shame on the Ravens. More than enough opportunities to win that game, Baltimore. More than enough. Couldn't capitalize. Let's take a look real quick here because they got uh, this one clip of Peyton. So if you didn't know this, on ESPN2, they had Peyton and Eli, uh, like, just in a little sidebar, commenting on the game and giving you their thoughts. I, I don't know if I'll ever watch Monday Night Football on ESPN regular again. I will be on ESPN2 every single Monday night. Check this out. Oh, that's the wrong that's the wrong one. Hold on. Hang on. Hang on. Is this it? No. Oh, sorry. I, I ruined it. I ruined it. Is this it? No. Oh, I never, I never, I never changed it. All right. So anyway, here's Eli. All right. Eli at halftime. Uh, talking about halftime adjustments, I should say. Oh, no. What the fuck? All right. My fault. My fault. This is, this is not good. Let me, uh, let me pull this up here real quick. I'll, I'll get it to you. Hold on. There we go. All right. Here's Eli at halftime. Halftime, you think you're gonna make like, all these like halftime adjustments, but you know, but I haven't been obviously in this new stadium. But by the time you walk to the locker room, you like, you know, hey, maybe you go to the restroom real quick, you get back, the coach is like, you know, he's coming down from the booth. You get down there, he's like, hey, your season's gonna be like, this is gonna tell me. Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. All right, incomplete. What does that tell you? Looking at uh, six and eleven, six and eleven right now. All right, so. Anyway, you get the idea. That was, uh, sorry, that was my fault. That was a bit of a, a bit of a fuck up on my fault. It, for some reason, it, co- it copied the uh, the wrong videos to the wrong files. But um, you you get the idea here. So Peyton Manning initially. So this is Peyton right out of the gate. Season's gonna be like. This is gonna tell me everything I need to know. All right, incomplete. Okay. What does that tell you? Looking at uh, six and eleven. Six and eleven right now. So six and eleven. So there's Peyton and Eli. They're doing their thing. It was hilarious. It was one of the best things I've ever seen in my entire life. I highly encourage you to watch it. ESPN two. They're gonna have it again next week, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken. It was phenomenal. The look on Peyton's face when that ball got intercepted in the end zone was magnificent. Absolutely magnificent. You can't make it up. You can't rewrite it. It is just one of those things that. Uh, you can't unsee. You really just can't unsee it because it's Peyton, it's Eli, it's so good, so bad. But listen, at the end of the day, this game was over, right? We thought the Raiders had won this in regulation. 
or in, uh, rather in overtime. They're out there, they're, everybody's shaking hands, celebrating. They're, you know, dapping up and everything like that. And they're like, well, the play is going to be reviewed. And come to find out it, was, it wasn't a touchdown. Then the interception happens. Then the Ravens get the ball back. They go back down. They don't do anything with it. And then the Raiders finally on the, like, with, what, three minutes, four minutes to go in the game, they finally, they get the, the wide open touchdown. I think it was Humphreys that just kind of stopped running. Marlon Humphreys, was it? Just, like, stopped running for whatever reason. He was just like, <sighs> I want to go home. Or maybe you wanted to hit the casino. I don't know. But I will say this. That stadium between SoFi and Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, those two stadiums are must-attend. Those are going on the bucket list. Those are going on. Those are must-see in-person stadiums. Those places look absolutely fucking magnificent. I can't wait to get to the Death Star and watch a uh, Monday night Broncos Raiders game. Uh, It's not going to happen this year, but maybe next year. Maybe. We will see. Uh, But anyway, thank you all for joining me. This has been a fun night. Flying solo here for the first time in a very long time. I appreciate y'all joining me. Appreciate y'all commenting, calling in, listening in. Give us a like and a share. If you missed the Jarvis Green interview from last week, you can get that on our Facebook page. Or you can go grab it on Spotify uh, right now. It's there. As well as last week's full episode. It's also on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Amazon Music, uh, or, or Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. It should be all there. Go find it. Grab it. Uh, you can uh, check it all out. But uh, until next Tuesday, 8.30 p.m., we will be back. Hopefully, we'll have a full house next week. Sean and Plizzy will be back. We'll be here to give you more of a rundown of week two. We will react to all things football. And then some. We didn't even get into the baseball, the Subway Series, basketball, trade rumors, all that fun stuff that I wanted to get into tonight. But, hey, it's football season, baby. What can you do? Till next week, I'm Joey Fats, Row 1, Seat 1, live from New Bedford Guide. Peace. If he dies, he dies. He dies. He dies. He dies. <laughs> he dies. <laughs>